Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Jan. Welcome to the Lamplighters Podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. We are grateful to be on the journey with you this year as we travel through Psalms. And I will confess that I'm still carrying awe and wonder with me from last week, so I am very excited about the topic this week, Thirsting for God. And isn't it amazing how God plants longing for Him in our hearts? That's what we're going to dive into today. That's right, it is. And I will tell you that when I opened my study and saw that this lesson was titled Thirsting for God, my first reaction was, (laughs) this is weird. And, you know, I think that that is mostly because I had no memory of us coming up with that title, which isn't unusual. That was a long time ago, and I often forget. But also in that moment, I was thinking that it was not the term that I was so familiar with. I think I'm more familiar with hungering for God, not thirsting. However, as soon as I read the first these these two psalms, Psalm 42 and 63, it made perfect sense and I got excited about the title. Okay, Lynn, I will take responsibility for that because that's a title that I absolutely would come up with, which is probably why you don't remember it. But that's okay. And you changed it. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I probably did. Well, let's go ahead and start with our first psalm today, and that's Psalm 42. And this is one of those psalms that I've heard many, many times, but unfortunately, I never spent any time trying to understand what it meant. Mm. And I say unfortunately because it's really not difficult to interpret. And at the same time, it's very reassuring, at least to me it is. So let's take a little journey with this writer to see how he goes from misery and self-focus to looking for God and drawing closer to him. Mm. Now, whoever wrote this psalm is clearly in a dry place, meaning he's struggling, wondering where God is in his life. Now, it's very important to notice that he has not lost his faith. He just doesn't understand why he's feeling like God has forgotten about him. He feels far away from God. And it's very personal. I want you to look at the number of personal pronouns he uses, me, my, and I. He does it 28 times in only 11 verses. That's always a good clue. Yeah, it is. And there's no doubt that this writer is truly lamenting his life right now. I recently read that lament is uncensored prayer, and I love Mm. that description. It's really letting go and not holding back anything that we are feeling. And, you know, that's often easier said than done, right? Oh, yeah, because I always try to pretty it up for God. Of course. Now, I know I've spent a great deal of time and energy in my adulthood learning the balance between holding back and being truly open with my feelings. I am a people pleaser by nature, and I often let that take over in my conversations with God. And here's what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. God clearly has given me more than I ever asked for or earned or even deserve. So how can I complain about anything? If I get mad at God or question why I am where I am in my life, maybe God isn't going to like me as much. Maybe he's going to get mad at me or even give up on me. Instead, I should only be happy and grateful and Mm. positive all the time. (laughs) The problem is that's not the truth. Exactly. And he knows me better than I know myself anyway. 
and it puts me on that slippery slope of trying to earn what he has already given me. Try to live up to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He wants me uncensored. He wants me coming to him fully myself, completely vulnerable, humble, and ready to be filled by him and changed and molded by him more into his image. And how can I do that if I'm not being honest? Oh, I know what you're talking about, Lynn, but it's really hard uh, because we spend so much of our life hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we live in the real world, and it's not always appropriate or safe right. to express whatever we're feeling, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. You know, oversharing can get us into trouble, mm-hmm. uh, but undersharing causes its own problems, and, right. and we've got to be wise and discerning about that. Mm-hmm. The good news in all of that is that the love of God is so all-encompassing that we can always share everything with Him. Mm -hmm. We have to be mercilessly honest with ourselves if we're going to do that. And we can become so adept at hiding our thoughts and feelings from others that we might not really know what we are thinking or feeling. We don't know ourselves. But Mm -hmm. God does. Mm -hmm. I mean, He is always asking us the same question. Uh, as our pastor said in one of his sermons, mm-hmm. that God asked Adam, where are you? Right. Not because he doesn't know, but because we don't know mm-hmm. ourselves where we are. Right. And he invites us constantly into that safe place of his presence to become transparent mm-hmm. with him and with ourselves. That's right. Yeah. Well, this psalm walks us through what it feels like to struggle with understanding God and also that it's perfectly normal for us to occasionally feel separated from mm-hmm. him. In fact, feeling separated can actually be what it takes to bring us back even closer to him. Now, feeling separated is not the same as doubting. And that reminder is why I find these words so reassuring. That's a good reminder. Yeah. The writer of this psalm, though clearly in despair, shows through his words that he knows he cannot live without God. God is the basic necessity of his life, like air and food and water. It states that in the first three verses. Notice, his soul pants for God, that's air. Mm. Then his soul thirsts for God, that's water. And finally, his tears are food. In the same way that our bodies can't live without air or water or food, our souls cannot live without God. And it's really a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. The psalmist has not lost God but he has lost the feeling of being in God's presence. And I don't think that's a hard concept to grasp. I was trying to put myself in the writer's shoes, and it wasn't as hard as I thought it might be to imagine because there have been several times, probably many times, when I too have felt separated from Mm -hmm. God. You know, it happens to me when I get caught up in some difficult or unforeseen circumstance in my life. Mm. Uh, Most recently, I noticed it when I was in the throes of grief after my dad died. Sure. You know, I was so absorbed in what I was feeling, the loss, the pain, the abandonment, the sadness, the anger, that I became (laughs) my priority and focus rather than God. I felt empty and found myself trying to feel again by doing some rather unhealthy things like eating too much and watching too much TV, trying to fill that void with things. Mm -hmm. And it sounds a little silly now that I thought either of those things would get rid of my grief. Uh, My feelings were real and natural, but I was trying to handle them on my own with whatever I could think of (laughs) instead of seeking God's internal comfort for my soul. 
uh, not only did it not work, it left me feeling distant from him. Absolutely. I mean, that's not a unique response to you or to grief, Mm -hmm. trying to feed your soul with food or something else. Mm -hmm. And it's not a unique response to feel separated from God and from others. I I think that sometimes we might be meant to feel that Mm -hmm. in times of grief because we may need to turn in on ourselves for a little bit as a way of giving our hearts the time and space to hurt Mm -hmm. and for God to work out His purposes for us through that pain. Uh, Just because we don't feel God's presence doesn't mean we've been abandoned. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, (laughs) leaning into the grief and feeling the pain isn't easy, but it is oh so necessary. Yeah. It's hard, hard work. It is. All right. Don't miss what happens next. First, the psalmist reminds himself of what it was to feel close to God, feeling protected by him and praising him that his current situation is temporary. It will pass. Um, In verses 5 and 11, he acknowledges his despair and decides to praise God anyway. Mm. This is a choice. It's an action. It's what we can do when we have faith and trust who God is. He has recognized his thirst, and he chooses the only one who can quench it, and that one is God. But, you know, I want to take a minute to go back to this idea of remembering, because memories can be tricky things. They sure can. You know, they can be very comforting for a troubled heart, but they can also be painful and pull us deeper into despair. Mm -hmm. So what is the difference? You know, when is it going to be helpful and when is it going to be hurtful? And I think it has to do with our approach to those memories. You know, are we looking at them, reminding ourselves of the good things that God has blessed us with? Are we looking at them through the eyes of comparison, saying, you know, why can't it be like that now? Mm. And I think it's when that phrase comparison um, is the thief of joy is just so true. Absolutely. Uh, when we're reflecting on the past, um, is our attitude one of look at all that the Lord has brought me through? I know He will bring me through this too. Or is it why am I having to go through this at all? You know, more focused on ourselves and, you know, self pity. Clearly, the psalmist is looking at his memories with an eternal, godly perspective rather than a selfish one. And because of that, he's able to end this lament with the wonderful reminder to himself to. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. But remembering God, by remembering God, he has taken himself from despair and separation to reconnection and hope. I like that trajectory in this psalm that you Mm -hmm. point out, despair and separation to reconnection and hope. Um, and, And that's a great reminder to me, Lynn, that it bears repeating, at least to me and myself, Mm -hmm. feelings are not fact. Yeah. You know, we we live in a truth where everyone can have in a time when everybody has their own truth and mm-hmm. interprets their own facts. But the fact of the matter is, feelings are not fact because they're going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's difficult to remember, especially when your emotions are running really high mm-hmm. and it feels so personally good to indulge them. You yeah. know, I'm yeah. sure you've never done that, but no, I no. just kind of let them run rampant. <laughs> During those times, it always is helpful to take a step back, and if you can't take a step back. You don't have the energy or the perspective or the ability to do that. You should have a friend who will help you take a step back yeah. uh, and remember the truth that God loves us and mm-hmm. is always with us. And sometimes that's hard to remember. That's why we need our sisters in Christ. That's why we're created for community. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to our second Psalm today, which is written by David, and that's Psalm 63. 
Now, in this particular psalm, David is literally in the desert physically, having been driven there to escape his son Absalom, mm. which is who has come up more than once this year already. And despite his current circumstance, he has written a psalm that I think sounds much more like a praise than a lament. Uh, clearly, David is in a difficult spot, and he's likely in physical pain from lack of water and food, and yet he has chosen to focus on who God is, fully trusting God in his current situation. He thirsts for God spiritually, even while his physical body is in need of water. Mm. He's not complaining, unbelievably, in his circumstances. He's actually worshiping God in his circumstances. You know, even in the night when he can't sleep, he doesn't focus on his own discomfort But instead, he uses his sleeplessness to draw closer to God by praising him. David wants more than just a belief in God. He wants to experience God. He wants to feel God. He wants to know he's in God's presence. And there is such a difference in those two. Of course there is. And he does that by delighting in who God is, not in what God has given him. He is reminded of who he is in God, and that overrides how he feels in his current circumstances. He knows that true satisfaction will only come from God. It makes me think of the word satiety, Mm. which means the quality or state of being fed or gratified to or beyond capacity. (laughs) True satiety only comes from being close to God. He alone satisfies us. There is no circumstance good enough that we don't need him or bad enough to keep us away from him. Lynn, I'm so glad you got a definition in of satiety. (laughs) I was waiting for one. Um, For me, it's like stuffed. Satiety is a much better word. I cannot imagine the state of David's heart and mind during this time. I mean, his son Absalom has stolen his kingdom, Mm -hmm. stolen his throne, Mm -hmm. and now he's trying to kill him. So Absalom had sown division and discord Mm -hmm. in the nation that David spent years uniting. Right. And he's initiated a civil war, and he's doing his dead-level best to commit patricide. The fact that David turns to God and worships is awe-inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. His feelings must have been running rampant, and yet the fact that he held David fast, the fact that held David fast was God's love for him. And indicating this, that was a long journey with God. David's been on this journey for a while. Yeah, he has. And God's love holds him fast in the midst of this. But we're all on that long journey. It's a lifelong journey, right? It is. It is. All right. Well, as we end today, I'd like to go back to our title, Thirsting for God. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that drinking water is not just good <laughs> for you. It's necessary. Uh, You can Google how much water do I need every day and find all kinds of advice and recommendations and even ways to calculate based on your weight and your level of activity. But sometimes it's hard to do. Sometimes you just don't feel like drinking it. And sometimes it's boring. (laughs) But there are consequences if we don't stay hydrated. My husband and I love to visit Colorado. But we have learned a very important lesson over the years, and that is that the elevation can be a tricky thing for us if we don't take some precautions, some steps ahead of time. Mm -hmm. 
that thinner mountain air that we aren't accustomed to can leave us with altitude sickness and dehydration, and it can instantly ruin a vacation. So the most important thing we have learned to do is to start drinking a lot more water a couple of days even before we go, just Mm -hmm. really, you know, get really hydrated, really get hydrated. Yeah. And when we do that, we don't seem to have any of the problems adjusting to the altitude of the new circumstances. We have done ahead of time what we needed to do to be prepared. And I think that translates beautifully to this thirst we have for God. Mm. In the same way we need to stay hydrated to avoid altitude sickness, we need to fill our thirst, quench our thirst for God by staying close to Him and desiring Him always to fill our souls. You know, we need to be in deep, close connection with God when things are good so that when things are bad or when we feel separated for for Him, Mm -hmm. from Him, we know how to get back to Him. Absolutely. You know, in the same way our bodies die without water, our souls die without God. That is absolutely true. We are created in His image, Mm -hmm. and nothing will satisfy that hole in us except Him. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I— unlike you, love the title, um, mainly because I grew up in a high-dry climate, much like Colorado. Mm -hmm. And I know what it means to be thirsty. I learned that lesson really early in life. So I have some fun facts about water. Um, Did you know the average person can live without water for only about three days? Yeah, it's not long. Uh, That's not long. It's not long. Thirst is, is a driver of survival for us. And our bodies start telling us when we need to hydrate long before we reach that critical level of water shortness if we just pay attention Mm -hmm. to what our bodies are saying. Mm -hmm. Um, Another fun fact to know is that thirst will frequently masquerade as hunger. Mm. So the next time you think you're hungry, try drinking a glass of water first. The point being, our bodies will use whatever means possible to get us to quench our thirst, to drink water, because it is so vital to us. Right. And our souls are the same way. We are created by God and for God. So He implants in us a thirst for Him that is unquenchable unquenchable by anything or anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of all the references in Scripture connecting God and water. Oh, they're everywhere. Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. Psalm 36, for with you is the fountain of life. John 4. The water I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. John 7, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. Zechariah calls the Lord the fountain of living water. And of course, there's that beautiful picture in Revelation of God being the river of life flowing from the throne of God in heaven. Mm -hmm. So we can no more live without Christ than we can live without physical water. We are created to thirst for Him. Nothing else satisfies. And that is truly a gift of grace if you think about it. Right. Okay. I know you have a question. What question do you have for us to ponder this week? Well, as I said before, we are all going to have these times when we feel separated from God. So I just... You know, if you're not feeling separated from him right now, I want you to <laughs> don't get, worry. <laughs> yeah, I want you to fe- I want you to think about what is it that you are going to do um, that will help you remember what it feels like to be connected to God 
when you're feeling disconnected mm-hmm. from God? That's a good question. And I, and I have one more. Um, it happened to me actually just the other day. I reached for chocolate, dark chocolate. And what I realized when I was eating the dark chocolate was that I was really thirsty. Yeah. So how do you recognize thirst for God mm-hmm. in your life? Mm-hmm. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>